0: Welcome to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts, Dr. G and Budima.
1: This podcast hopes to inspire everyone to realize their own greatness, maximize their potential, and create massive impact. Let's do this.
0: Welcome to episode 33, where we talk about some of our thoughts on feedback and how it can be important to us on our professional and personal journeys. Gihan, Dr. G, are you
1: ready? Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's been a while since we've done a episode that's not linked to a guest. So absolutely, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, it feels a bit weird, doesn't it? It's our nah, first solo round
1: since. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm half expecting us to have this wonderful introduction to a wonderful guest.
1: Yeah, a few of our, um, few of our listeners has been have been asking like, you guys are always just doing guests now in reflections. Where, where's your, where's your own stuff? It's been a, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I think we're well
0: overdue. Yeah. I like to think we're funneling our greatness through our guests.
1: Yeah, if that yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it is an inherently helpful thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to think of it
1: that way. Yeah. So what about today? As I often ask a variation of these types of questions, uh, today I asked you, you know, what are the three highlights in your life at the moment? And I said. Just give me the dot points and then I'll pick my own adventure and what I want to learn more about. <laughs> so the third point caught my attention, which is you know, you've know you started a new role at a company and you were pretty vulnerable and you asked for feedback, some very direct feedback. Can you tell us what happened?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, was, I suppose for a little bit of context is I used to work in local government, so for council. And recently made the transition into a leadership role within a consultancy, which is a more technical-based role. And the kicker is, is I have absolutely no background in the technical capability that the consultancy specializes in. So that was pretty much me sitting on the stove in putting myself well outside my comfort zone and relying on my core strengths to shine through within this role, which is why I was brought into this role. So understanding how I fit into the organization and how my skill sets complement the organization on its journey and how I can be part of that future was very important for me to step into the role having no technical capability. With what the consultancy specializes in,
1: which is what de- geo geotechnic uh, what is it geotechnical engineering
0: yeah geotechnical engineering, which is pretty much about the soil and the earth and what we can and can't do to it to make it habitable
1: in v- a very short summary <laughs> of what we do <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah that's so and and you're so you don't have tech Technical or well, you're developing technical knowledge now, but you didn't have any technical knowledge. But you're leading people who do. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, it's
0: it's a very um, vulnerable time, and I think it dovetails quite nicely with some of the some of the content that we talked about and that we shared with Connor and Jerome on our vulnerability and opening up episode, which was episode 23, and. I think that has set me up very well in terms of putting myself out there in a space where I can learn and I can quickly fail, but learn for, from it very quickly.
1: Mm. And I imagine it's hasn't been a comfortable process, which I know you like for yourself and maybe even the people that you're leading because... Trying to put it into my own context. If I was, if I'm a GP and I'm being led by someone who's not a GP, I mean, it could work. It has worked in the past, but I would want to know that they have some understanding of what it, what my role involves, because otherwise their decisions are sort of, I don't know, there's a bit of a question mark over the decision making process. So imagine it'll be, Uncomfortable for both parties, maybe. Um, or am I reading into it too much?
0: Yeah, I'd like to find out why it would be uncomfortable for yourself and not the leader.
1: It's not necessarily uncomfortable, but it's more like to make at least in the healthcare industry. Like we, we it happens all the time. We get all these regulations. For example, in aged care, there's been a lot of like negative media around aged care, so now. There's a lot of people who have put in regulations such as everything needs to be documented. Pretty much there's a form for everything. And then now there's like probably a form for the form. And that's great in a sense of documentation and you know that I guess that culture of if it's not written down, it didn't happen. But it takes so much time. So if you go and watch people in the aged care work, whether it's the doctors or the nurses, you'll notice that a significant portion of the time is in front of a computer writing notes and not with the resident. And there's just a disconnect between what happens on, on the ground and then maybe from the people making the decisions. I'm not sure if they're necessarily working on the ground as well. and of course you can't work on the ground and on the organization or the system, but it does help to have knowledge and, and experience and skills in that space. Yeah, well, you didn't really answer my question, but
0: that is a very good tangent to go on because you you mentioned quite a lot of skill sets that have nothing to do with well, I think they have to do with the medical profession. However, they're not endemic to the medical profession. So you mentioned negative media. That's got to do with marketing. You mentioned regulations. You mentioned documentation, administration, accountability, risk management, logistics. There are aspects of that. Yes, there's overlap with the medical profession, but I don't think that that's skill sets that are necessarily developed throughout your medical degree.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, so there are complementary skill sets out there with people that don't have medical degrees that can assist with that process so that yourself as a medical professional can get busy with the work that actually needs to be done. So there are people behind the scenes that can help you be a better doctor by assisting and moving around resources so that things like marketing, regulations, documentation, administration, accountabilities, risk management, logistic, all of those things are taken or are addressed and taken care of. And that doesn't necessarily need a technical background. For someone to do that doesn't necessarily need a technical background in medicine. I understand that it will definitely benefit and help. And absolutely, that is why we have awesome people like you on the ground to assist with that process, to assist with bringing the, the leader up to speed to be able to do that.
1: I don't think that was a tangent. I think the, the question was why, why would the people on the ground be uncomfortable? And the, whether it's helpful or not or accurate or not, there is a sense of, does this person understand what's actually going on, right? Whether it's true or not, that's a different story. I'm not saying that the, the people in the leadership roles are not meant to be there. I'm just saying from the perception, because the original premise was, if you're leading people without the technical knowledge in that area, there is, you need to address that perception, whether it's true or not. So I guess coming back to your role, has that been an issue or it hasn't been an issue of potentially leading people that question your technical knowledge or it hasn't been an issue?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. uh, My technical knowledge gets questioned on a daily basis. And I say (laughs) the exact same thing is that I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And I will find out, (laughs) you know, and you, you just have to be comfortable with saying that because you don't know. And, you put yourself in a very compromising position if you say that you do know and you have no idea especially because we sell technical opinion and we sell very very precise and very in-depth technical opinion so you'll be valued for that and you'll be compensated for that so if you if you put yourself in a position where you compromise that trust then that also compromises your reputation as well on that opinion. So yeah, so, so going back to what you were mentioning before, I think there's, there's two different things about it. I don't necessarily think the person that's managing you has to understand completely what you do on a day-to-day basis or they even need a very strong technical background in what you do. Because to manage people, like to manage subject matter experts, it's more along the lines of preferences. Because if what you're seeking feedback on is technical, as someone who's looking up to a leader and looking to them for guidance and advice on the technical, then you're valuing that leader for their technical capability. You are then putting the responsibility of technical competence onto your leader. So there's an opportunity for growth there where you can take on that technical competence on yourself. It actually creates space. The vacuum that's left or the space that's created from the lack of technical competency in your leader leaves room for you to grow and you to create that space. So inherently, that is a massive area of growth for you, massive area of impact for you. If that is your preference at the end of the day. For me, my preference is what I love is learning a little bit about everything. Like a jack-of-all-trades type and master of none. So at the end of the day, it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like when you look to your leaders, you're valuing them for their technical capability.
1: I haven't thought about it, um, honestly. Uh, because GPs work a little differently.
0: Yeah, sorry. Let, let me, um, sorry to interrupt, Keanu, but let me maybe rephrase it in a different way. You coach people. You, you have a very successful coaching business. And do you know a lot about what your clients do to assist them, to help them, to nurture their growth, to raise their level of performance? or assist in raising their level of performance? Yeah,
1: to your point. I mean, I work at the intersection of happiness, health, and high performance. So people are generally performing at quite a high level or want to. And I help them design the happiness and health in in a very systematic and sustainable way. But to your point, I don't need to know. And you just need to know enough. And generally, the answer... Is I mean, especially from a coaching perspective, generally the answer is within the the person I'm working with. Just need to ask good questions and guide them there. Essentially, they already have the answer within them because it's in the context of their own life. Yeah, I mean, I work with a few health professionals, so I understand that quite well. But I'm at the moment I'm working with like someone in a massive IT firm, <laughs> and I can't like sometimes I can't even fix my bloody outlook, let alone. (laughs) Hey man, (laughs) some things things are beyond all of us. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, I can't figure out how to get like some emails out of my outbox. Sometimes (laughs) it just gets stuck there. So yeah, to your point, I mean, this is one-on-one. However, I don't, especially from a coaching, if it was mentoring, I would need to know their world very well. But for coaching... I wouldn't. I don't necessarily need to know. And if I don't know, I just ask. Yeah. And get clarity. Yeah, because as
0: the role of a leader, ultimately your responsibility is to deliver value using the resources at your disposal, whether it be through the budget, through human resources. The resources at your disposal, you create value for the organization. And determining that value is is different for each organization. The value That you create for local government is very different from the value that you create for a consultancy in the private sector. So, as your role as a leader is to understand what value is and hit hard and drive that value throughout the organization, your value as a coach will be different from the value that you create as a leader, but there are overlaps in that. I think the major overlap is that you don't necessarily have to have the technical because. Working as a leader is very different from working as a subject matter expert. And sometimes when subject matter experts get promoted into leadership roles, they find that they do very little of what made their role as a subject matter expert engaging and exciting. It's that age old adage, you know, when, when you go up to the next level, you do very little of, the, of your previous role, which made you be promotable.
1: Or potentially, I guess on the flip side, you you run the risk of being not the best leader mm. if you still continue that same mindset, because you might not look at the risk management and the logistics and the accountability and all the other stuff that you just mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, I love the power of leadership to have so much leverage, it's so translatable, isn't it, across? And like to your point, like if you don't understand the knowledge, and you need to understand this certain second, you can just ask an expert it reminds me of there's a, a story i think um, henry ford back in the day was in this massive court case and they were kept asking him all these questions about you know what about finance what about it what about manufacturing what about production and he's like why are you guys asking me all these stupid questions if i if i need to know the answer to any of these questions I'll just call this person or this person or this person. I don't need to know all these mm. this minute details. So yeah, I guess to the power of a leader and also not so much the power but what it involves. It's a different role, expectations are different.
0: Yeah. And I think we're we're <laughs> again like we we're going off on a very healthy tangent to the original topic which is feedback. All of this is very complimentary towards Feedback, Because feedback is how you know whether you're on the right track or not, or whether you're fulfilling the roles of the organization or, or even in your personal life. Feedback enables and engages you in a way that helps you assess whether you're on the right track. And feedback has a very vital role to play in self-awareness too. Because there's, you can have the, your internal self-awareness and then your external self-awareness, which is inherently driven by feedback. And that then for me has helped me unlock, you know, what are what are truly my strengths and what strengths can I lean on to fulfill the requirements of the role that I'm currently engaged to provide for the organization. So
1: I like that. So You have your sort of internal self-awareness, but then that self-awareness you gain from others. I like that. Have there been any strengths where other people have noticed a strength in you, but you didn't consider a strength or you didn't realize was a strength?
0: Yeah, throughout early on in my career, yeah. I suppose I'm still early in my career. But (laughs) yeah, I definitely noticed when someone was providing me feedback, they were saying that, I think what was really interesting was something that I considered a weakness was actually being, it was coming off as a strength. Through the eyes of other people? Yeah, yeah. Something that I had actively worked on to address was coming through as a strength. But I always get feedback, you know, oh, I'm always optimistic. I'm always, have always got an upbeat attitude. So I know all of those things about me and I try and lean heavily on those things. Because it's better to work on your strength. Well, again, my preference is to work on my strength rather than working on like strongly addressing weaknesses or opportunities of growth, I think, if better to better, <laughs> to better <laughs> Good. Good summarize
1: <laughs> Good no, but 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 specifically, what was that thing that you thought was a weakness, but people thought it was your strength if you're sharing. Well,
0: there was a time where I really struggled with letting my emotions kind of compromise what I was thinking and feeling. When I was reacting to particular situations, I was very, very at the whim of the people that were in the room or what was being said in the room. And I think a lot of work, and this is something that Dr. Marley also really helped me with as well as a professional coach. She was able to help me see that there are better ways to address and look at the world around us so that there's neutrality in what's being said and that there's more than one way to interpret a situation. It doesn't have to take you hindsight to do it. You can do it in the moment and on the spot. Absolutely. So there's very, very real things that you can, and I think that was, you know, the 80-20 rule. (laughs) I'm probably, I'm probably putting 20% of effort to do 80% of the work to be able to interpret it. But that was enough for me to really address something that I thought was holding me back.
1: Yeah, you dropped like, Potentially thousands of years of wisdom in <laughs> that neutrality <laughs> yeah. statement, but we'll, yeah. let, we'll let that go. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's something that we've always talked about, right? Like we, th- Throughout our podcasting journey, we, we've always talked about how it's how we interpret things. It's not necessarily what's being said.
1: And you have choice over how you interpret it. You make the meaning. Absolutely. And you can control that. That's within your control. And if you've made meaning that sucks, then make different meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And but but it's vulnerable
0: to do it though. Like there's there's a lot of vulnerability there. I mean, like asking for feedback is just an inherently vulnerable thing. You're opening yourself up to criticism. It's like saying to the world, "Hey, here's me. Take a free shot." <laughs> you know? You have no control over what they say, but you want to do it because you're because you have a development mindset. So how,
1: how do you ask for feedback? I imagine you've been doing it quite a bit at this new role. or I think you, that's something you do anyway, but how has it been going in the new role and how do you approach it?
0: Well, that's a, that's a great question because before I started the role, I didn't know how to do it. But what I found really helps is if you frame it in the context of stop, start and continue and i think this is a very simple concept for people to understand and it keeps the conversation very quick you don't have to have an hour and a half feedback session you could almost have it in the time it takes for you to have a coffee with someone and it could be very quick it could be a very quick conversation so stop start continue that the way that i like to look at it is i want to know what i need to stop doing or if there's if there's something Particularly concerning about the way that I'm currently doing my role. It could be the way that I'm speaking to someone, the way that I frame my questions, or whether I get defensive when I'm put in a compromising position, you know, along those lines. Something that I need to stop doing, which actively hinders me in performing my role. And this could be professional or personal, you know. So that's stop. Start is what are some things that I need to start doing in terms of behaviors or in terms of technical capability? What are some things that might benefit me to start doing to perform my role better? And then continue is what are the things that I'm already good at? Or what are the things that I should continue to do that enable me to fulfill my role currently. So, if you frame it in that way, those three questions, I think they're very easy questions to answer for someone, rather than the open-ended. Do you have any feedback for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Which I'm definitely guilty of, and I always get horrible feedback. It's not the f- problem. It's it's a problem with the question, not the problem with the answer.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. There's a lot of things, sometimes if you don't have uh, psychological safety within your team or within the organization or within your colleagues, if there's no psychological safety, then some people aren't willing to give open and honest feedback. So you kind of have to put yourself in a position where openness and honesty is a value or is a trait that is valued within the organization. So... Some people will have a disposition towards you know, speaking their mind. But if your organization doesn't actively practice psychological safety, then I think you're probably going to have a bit harder time cultivating that very
1: real productive and helpful feedback. This uh, stop, start, continue. I imagine someone came up with that. That sounds very elegant. Is that, can you, do you know who to attribute that to?
0: Yeah, actually, I learned it from my previous role. Shout out to David Hare and Cohen Vanderveld. They really unlocked a lot of coaching capability within myself, along with Dr. Marley as well. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure where it's from, but it is a brilliant model and it's one that has really helped me. And I don't have to wait for a 360 degree survey to be greenlit by my organization to cultivate feedback for me and tell me, you know, here's my areas of opportunities for growth and here's what I'm already doing and start, uh, should continue to do. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, pretty big on attribution and I like that lineage. It's like from previous role coaches and Marley to you and then now, you'll, now, you, now we're passing it on to like all our listeners and, and beyond. So that's really cool. That stop, what do I need to stop question that's a phenomenal question. I just wonder, how has it been um, received by the people that you ask, especially if you're asking it as the first question? Because a, it's a big question to be like, actually, you should stop talking to people like this or you should stop doing this. This is not actually not helpful. As the first question, do you, do you feel like you need to lead up to that to get a good answer?
0: You can definitely ask follow-up questions. Sometimes... The answer that I, well, most of the time the answer that I get is no, because, I mean, let's face it, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. you the go, then <laughs> yeah. why would you? No, <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. laughs> <laughs> no. It is very difficult to provide. It's a very in-your-face question. It's like, what do I need to stop doing? It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it's, you've got to keep it open-ended. So no questions where the answer is yes or no. <laughs> right so it's more along the lines of what behaviors have you noticed that help me do well in this role or what behaviors have you noticed might help me work better with my colleagues mm. so that's another stop doing if you reframe that question it's it's another stop or continue doing question so you can reframe it in a way Because it's easy to make very quick judgments in our brain and then we just compartmentalize that on the back of our brain to process later on. But these questions kind of tease those quick judgments out and, and then you can sift through and decipher whether they're helpful or not. Especially going to someone that you respect and admire within an organization or within your personal life and asking for that feedback so you can build that self-awareness about yourself, they will then be able to share with you those small nuggets of gold, you know, that can really um, build that self-awareness for you. So one thing, one thing that I've, the feedback that I've received is to stop being so hard on myself, but it wasn't necessarily framed that way. It was more so like framed when I asked them, Are there any opportunities of growth? And that's where the confidence thing, that's where the being so overly critical thing came up. So then I just reframed it into stop being so overly critical. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's ways that you can take what they say and then you can put it in the context of the stop, start, continue.
1: It sounds like as you, like, particularly at the start when you're building that trust. And psychological safety, you almost need to. Sometimes, depending on who that is, you might need to read between the lines. And as you get further and further into the role or personal life, like I'm sure, like some of your close friends or you know me, I'll tell you, we've had some very like direct feedback for each other in the past. Because now we 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 know. I think you you put it really well. It's like I gave you some pretty direct feedback, and I was like, dude, sorry, I have to say this, but X Y Z. And you're like, you said something which is really powerful. That I still remember is I know you always have my best intention at heart. So I'm not going to, I don't think you're trying to hurt me or whatever. I was like, wow. Like that's such a, I don't know, it's just a beautiful place, place for our friendship to be at as well. Like where we can just go hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it's so important to know that the other person isn't actively doesn't actively have an agenda. Mm. And I know what you're probably thinking, I can kind of preempt what you're thinking, <laughs> is is that do they have to have an agenda for them to give you feedback because all feedback is useful and all, you know, and there is a part of me that's saying it, but it's definitely more receptive if it's from someone that you trust and that you admire and that you look up to and that you have a, a relationship with. Absolutely, yeah. Because you're not always going to want to accept feedback from someone that's always trying to attack you or constantly trying to attack you or that you perceive is someone that's trying to attack you.
1: So I just experienced this last week. How How do you respond to feedback that wasn't asked for? That's a very good question. I think with curiosity
0: because sometimes that feedback may not necessarily be articulated in a way that's helpful for you to comprehend or understand. Now, I think I chose my words quite deliberately there because it's not about how the feedback is delivered. It's more so about what you can do, what's within your control to take that feedback and take the helpful parts of that feedback because it could have been laced with criticisms. But the feedback is still valid, I think. In that way, there's always validity in, in the feedback that you receive from strangers or even someone that you know and that you trust. So I think with curiosity, asking further questions and also clarifying whether what you're hearing is correct. So repeating back what they say to you. So if they say, Um, You don't know what you're doing. You need to be doing this, this, and this. And, you know, I can't. (laughs) So obviously, that's a very difficult situation to deal with and address. But what you can take away is, is that you need to be doing this, this, and this part. Not that you don't know what you're doing, because that's not helpful. Then you clarify that by saying, so what I'm hearing is that for me to do my role better, I need to do this, this, and this. And that you clarify that. because. That's valuable feedback. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to approach it in that manner, but do it like that is is a very vulnerable thing because you're then opening yourself for even more criticism from someone that's actively accepted that they're willing to speak to you like that. Sometimes people will set up a boundary and say, look, I'm not comfortable with the way that you're speaking to me. Can we revisit this? Something along those lines or just stop talking to them entirely. I think because my boundary is a bit further back than that, I'm a bit more comfortable in pushing myself to ask those qualifying questions. But I know that it's perfectly acceptable and okay to set yourself a boundary against someone that's actively attacking you or, or that's speaking negatively towards you or in a way that does cross your boundary. So That's, that's great advice, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think so to summarize is being curious, definitely. And then like paraphrasing or reframing the way that they provided the feedback to you. Taking very specific focus on the helpful parts of it. And then just clarifying whether that's correct.
1: That has very practical advice. And yeah, coming back to that neutrality, like even, I mean, you mentioned a few things of like, if it's negative or critical, the feedback itself you can view it as, well, we think it's helpful to view it as neutral, right? So whether it's negative or critical, that's, that's the meaning you've made.
0: Yeah. And often the, the attacks and, you know, if, if you do have difficult conversations, it's never about the personal relationship. I, I, think, I think in very rare circumstances, it's about the personal relationship. I think it's more so about... Because at the end of the day, everybody is on the same team. I know, I know that sounds... But kumbaya, yeah. Yeah, kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> but reframing it in that way, it's very helpful. It is really helpful. And to say that everybody's on the same team, so how can, we, how can we work together in this instance? And even just saying that out loud, it just helps break
1: the tension. I wonder if it's not so much... When someone gives you feedback or says anything to you, it's not necessarily as much of a reflection of you as it is of them. I think what they say and what they do is more of a reflection of what's going through their world. Mm. To your point of being curious and clarifying, because I'm just thinking about what happened to me recently. My first reaction was like, who is this guy? Like, why, why is this, like, where is this coming from? Like, I don't see a problem here. And I became like playfully defensive. I was like, oh, there's, no, "There's I don't think there's an issue here. And then after the fact, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, where, this person's like gone out of their way to give me some feedback that they clearly think is important. Why did they do that? I'm, this is with myself. Like, This is not with him. So I need to go back to him and ask, like, why did, you, why did you say that? Is there something I'm missing? And I'm very confident. It didn't come from a place of like, I want to, like I have bad intentions or anything like that. So that's great advice. I will take that advice. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I can be of service. <laughs> but even, yeah, I think this is why it's so helpful is that uh, even just saying these things out loud, kind of helps me. Conceptualize them and it just helps me do a bit of reflection myself. So, yeah, absolutely. I will also take my advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's levels to this game, right? Like, It depends on the feedback, you know, and and the time, and maybe you haven't slept. You know, there's always like, oh,
0: I know. It's also like, it's always the meetings before lunch that
1: (laughs) really, (laughs) really. <laughs> yeah, a bit hangry. Low blood low blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. My good friend. Any closing remarks?
0: No, I think that was everything. <laughs> was everything? That was <laughs> everything. <Yeah>, that, <was, laughs> oh that, that was that's it. That's the final that's word Are we back. done? Yeah. <laughs> We're done. I'm done. done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, that's 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 all <laughs> uh, there's, like no, there's no good way to end <laughs> that's good, that's
1: yeah. good. Yeah. great episode dude glad we did that yeah that was, that was a great. good episode wasn't it really enjoyed that thank you for listening to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts Dr. G and Budima. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and share. See you soon.